0: One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. Two little acts of kindness can brighten anyone's day. Three little acts of kindness can make a beautiful sound. Many acts of
1: Hi and welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features people from all walks of life telling us an interesting story from their childhood that has impacted who they are today. I'm your host, Jay Rieck, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that have impacted who I am today, some of them painful, some of them not so painful, but I'd like to think all of them have helped to make me who I am today. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic I've Got Peace in My Fingers, a perfect gift for children in the holiday season. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will appreciate it and thank you for it. That's LaughSaver.com. Go on now and record your laughter. All right. Today I have as my guest a good friend of mine, back from back in the days of the union, the Chicago Teachers Union, Kenzo Shibata. Kenzo is working his way through a social worker program right now. He's a te- currently a teacher, but he's going to be a social worker in a couple of years. As I said, he's a friend of mine. He actually helped me get elected in my pension days, but that, that's a whole nother story we'll tell another different time. So how you doing, Kenzo? having a great day. How are you, Jay? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So Kenzo, are you ready to tell your story? Absolutely. All right, well, here's how it's going to work, Kenzo. I'm going to ask you to tell you your story. I'm going to try to stay out of the way. I'll try not to say a word. At the end, I'm going to ask you absolutely one question, and that one question is, How has it impacted who you are today? Hmm. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to mute myself and take it
2: away. Okay. So uh, just to give a little context, the story I'm about to tell you, I didn't really uncover until about a month ago. And this is something that happened to me probably in fourth and fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And I just was discharged from this full-time psych program through a group called Compass. Uh, It was a program of dialectical behavioral therapy and behavioral health therapy. And what we do in that program was not only kind of figure out what, uh, what went wrong, because I you know came out of a, a pretty bad depression after the pandemic, but also to look way back and like look at some memories that maybe we suppressed and how they impact our behavior today. So I'm I'm really glad to be on this show because I think it's right up my alley for what I'm going through now. So one of the things that I uncovered was a time that I was being recruited for the Latin Kings uh, when I was very young, and I didn't even know what was going on fully at the time. Um, You know, in fourth, fifth grade, I started getting interested in a lot of music. So I was into heavy metal music, punk music, hip hop music. And I grew up in a working class and poor neighborhood, um, not neighborhood, but uh, suburb called Hanover Park, which is right outside of Elgin. And so I, I ran with kind of a rough crowd and uh, got to the point where people saw that I was not afraid to get into fights when I needed to. I won a lot of them and I was a big kid. So some older kids in the neighborhood approached me about stealing some bikes. I guess they figured I would not be afraid to do it. And it scared the crap out of me because I, first of all, I didn't think it was right to steal other kids' bikes because kids need their bikes. I don't want anyone stealing my bike. I I had a tire stolen once that really, you know, made me feel sad. And it kind of ate me up inside because they were continuously bothering me. And these were older kids, but then, I mean, this is really creepy, but one of the kids had a girlfriend who was in my eight, my grade. And in school, she's like, so what, what's going on with those bikes? You're supposed to steal those bikes. And it was a particular brand they were looking for. I don't remember what it was. And I just said, I, I don't feel, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And eventually I ran into one of the kind of leaders of this, this crew of kids. And, you know, he said to me, you know, so what's up, are you going to do this? And I just looked him straight in the eye. And I just said, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to steal bikes. I don't feel like that's, something I want to do. And I was fully prepared to get my butt kicked at that point, because I figured they were going to take it that far. But I looked him straight in the eye the whole time. He very well may have seen the fear in my eyes. I don't know. But he just kind of patted me on the back and said, fine, and then just walked the other way. And they never bothered me again. And at that point, I made a decision I was going to stop Hanging out with, you know, some of those kids. And I figured at that point by really pursuing my interest in like punk music and heavy metal music, that would put me out of that lifestyle completely because they didn't want to mess with people. They didn't want to like have people around them who were had long hair and wore torn jeans and all that stuff. They all dressed very nicely and had very uh, nice hairdo's. So, you know, pretty much all of those facts. I always knew, like I always, that's a story that I was, I was been able to tell my entire life. But through this program of therapy, you know, we uncovered some more stuff about it. And, you know, part of it is later on in life, some of those older boys and even some of the kids my age were members of the Latin Kings, the Latin, the local Latin King crew. And it didn't occur to me at the time that they were recruiting me for their, what they're called the Wee kings, like the, the young kids that they kind of feel out to see whether or not they're going to elevate them to full status. And in that process, you know, you you get beat in. And if you want to leave, you get beat out. Uh, you get They call it a violation. And none of that occurred to me. The only thing that occurred to me was that I didn't want to make other kids sad by taking their bikes. And thinking back on that, I needed, you know, in the program, I myself and other people in these group sessions validated me for that because what it was was even though I had a lot of violence in my household and in my life growing up, for a lot of kids, that would become like the easy next step is like joining a crew of people who are going to show you brotherhood and then continue that cycle of violence in your life. And, you know, by the way, one of those kids I knew was dead by uh, his senior year of high school, who he was shot to death. And so even though I didn't realize I was kind of looking out for myself, I think I was. And kind of seeing patterns of violence earlier in my life, I didn't fully acknowledge it, but I was keeping myself out of that. And, you know, the heavy metal and the punk scene has its own violence. We have mosh pits and we have all that, but The difference is you go into a mosh pit and you fall. Someone picks you up, pats you on the back, sees if you're okay. And, you know, I had one instance where I ended up with 12 stitches in my head, but every band that was playing that night came to see if I was okay and, you know, autographed, you know, uh, my bandage and all that. And, you know, I really felt like a brotherhood there and no one was expecting me to steal bikes or do anything further to, to, you know, make my life difficult or other people's lives difficult. And it's weird to tell this story now because it sounds like I'm bragging like, oh, the Latin kings needed me or wanted me, but that wasn't even it at all. They just saw a little kid who was maybe kind of lost looking for some brotherhood and some validation and could probably get away with stealing bikes and no one would do anything because I was a big kid that wasn't afraid of fighting. But I, th- I also think that looking that one kind of leader kid in the eye and being very straight with him helped me out a lot. Like I wasn't, at that point I wasn't avoiding him. I wasn't showing weakness. It was like, you know, I, I'm very strong in the fact that I don't want to be a part of what you're doing. And, you know, it put me on a much better path even though some people looked down on me because I had long hair and I wore like heavy metal shirts and all that. I was a I was actually a good student. Mental health issues kind of made ups and downs later on. Like I'd have a straight A semester and then a straight C semester here and there, which now I I used to really feel bad about myself because of that. And now being in therapy and now being on medication, I understand that my mood just wasn't regulated. And something could have triggered me that led me to like allow grades to drop. And you know, since then I've been just kind of on top of the ball with everything I'm doing. And that's why. You know, I'm fully confident now. Well, grad school was uh, I took that very seriously. So I got really good grades there, and that was the first time in my life I was consistent with good grades. And now this uh, social work program that I'm starting in in the spring, I'm really excited about because not only is it a career change, but it's another academic endeavor. And I love school. I mean, that's why I chose to be a teacher. I love being in school. I love learning. I love having classmates. I love the mentorship of teachers. In fact, uh, this is a hilarious coincidence is one of my former debate students is teaching at Northeastern, the school where I'm taking this program, and he teaches in my program. It's, he teaches at different tracks, so he'll never be my teacher, but uh, it, was, it was incredible. He actually wrote me one of my letters of recommendation into the program. David Castro, who is just an incredible young man, he's 32 now, I believe, working on his PhD and doing organizing work on the Southwest side, uh, working with you know, poor youth and getting them involved in uh, debate, getting them involved in their, uh, you know, making their communities better. So um, a lot of interesting things like that have been coming back to me after just, you know, I imagine, you know, you have more years in the system than I do, but just 18 years in the system, so many of these young people come back into my life as incredible adults and it really does become more of a friendship like he he won't call me Kenzo yet but he'll call me Shibata he dropped the mister so that's that's enough that's the relationship we have and I call him Castro so we're we're even there uh,
1: I, I love it and I do know that feeling by the way uh, Kenzo the students that I'm in mean, my life as I I've been in it for 30 was in it for 30 some years I just retired but I mm-hmm. actually reached out to a former student of mine to help me uh, on a project that I'm doing. And, you know, he he definitely became the teacher and I'm the student at this point, but I got no problem with that because sort of like you said, there's a, uh, a beautiful symmetry to the notion of being a teacher and being a learner that I believe that each one of us is, and that each one of us has the capacity to teach somebody something else. Your story, your childhood story is something that I had no idea about you. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I love the fact that you didn't steal the bikes. I'm sorry, I <laughs> recruited in the first place in the sense that it must've been so hard as a little fourth or fifth grader to have to stare down uh, an older person and just go, I just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that courage really does move me to tears in the sense that I know a lot of little kids, you know, don't have necessarily have that strength and, you know, they become victims to a, to a larger system. And that system is one that's based on the preying on people's uh, weaknesses or their their uh, emotional weaknesses or difficulties, et cetera. That again, everybody does have a desire to belong. I I tell you right now, this true story, and I don't know if that I'll keep it in here, but I have a great respect now for heavy metal kids that I didn't have <laughs> ten minutes ago. I thought these guys are just upset about everything, but it turns out maybe. Somebody's trying to say this is an alternative way to think n- nonviolently or whatever i I don't know, but it's you' you've changed my perspective on on that so how do you, I, I you've already sort of answered the question, but how do you think this is that memory that experience has impacted who you are today i mean you're you're going on to social work, so I think there's something right there that's pretty clear but but go ahead i'll I'll stay out of the way.
2: Well, I definitely, you know, that the specifics of the, the experience, I didn't really unpack until recently, you know, the, the whole idea that like, I would have been on a track to be in a gang. Uh, but certainly, like hanging out with the kids that I did when I was younger has helped me in the classroom quite a bit. Teaching, I taught at uh, Wendell Phillips High School, 39th and King, I taught at Hancock High School, all by Midway, even at Lakeview and at Ogden, you know, there are, you know, kids that are part of that life. And I've never, I've never been judgmental of that. I'd say I've always tried to connect with all students, even the ones that I know um, were involved in some bad, violent stuff outside of school, um, because I always saw it as like, you know, maybe they needed someone to listen to them. And I know that, you know, with with a lot of those kids, it's it's their the adults in their lives either failed them or failed themselves and just couldn't be around for that. Uh, So I always tried to be a a positive, positive uh, voice in their life and kind of having that background of being around gangbangers when I was young, I understood a lot of the little cultural cues from it. And so I would, you know, I remember when I was at Lakeview, when a lot of the teachers weren't really too familiar with that stuff, they would come to me and say, Oh, come to my classroom and they look at the desk and like what do these symbols mean and I would know I would know that's that's GD that's the kings oh do you think this kid's in the gangster disciples I don't think this kid's really in the gangster disciples to be honest I think he's in a crew and uh, uses that as a way of um, you know kind of identifying with others so a lot of the the nuance in in that stuff I understood even though I was never really part of it
1: well Thank you for your story, Kenzo. I'm telling you, it's it's great to hear your voice. Great to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a little while. Like I said, now I will look at you differently the rest of my oh. life. I will look at you as a little fourth and fifth grader who's standing there going, no, I don't want to steal a bike. <laughs> I just think that's genius. I think that's courage. That's something that uh, you should be very proud of that moment. I hope you are because uh, I think it probably did impact the trajectory of your life, and you've helped out so many kids over the, over the years, and I think that you're profoundly right relative to you know looking at human beings, kids, and saying you know these these guys who are in the gangs or or associated in that it's like you know they got some bad breaks, etc. They're still you know struggling to make sense of their lives like the rest of us, and it's definitely uh I'm sure it made you a better teacher and will make you a better social worker, and so I appreciate that, but. But anyway, great hearing your voice. Great here, Jay. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Well, take care. Have a great day. Well, that's our show. (laughs) I thank our guests, Kenzo Shibata, good buddy of mine. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Tell Me What Happened, and LaughSaver.com. Until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody.
0: One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. One little loving word can go a long, long way. Two little loving words can bribe Go a long, long way Two little seeds sown Can brighten anyone's day Three little seeds sown Can make a beautiful sound Many seeds sown Help the world go around One little child's laughter we